Hello, and welcome to the Story Wagon Podcast, where we talk about life, story, and spiritual health. I am your host, Chaplain Jose Martinez, and you can learn more about this podcast at our website, storywagon.org. You can also show us your support on our Patreon page so that we can continue to host this podcast and create resources that help our communities develop good spiritual health. Welcome. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Story Wagon. Um, so today I have a guest with me that I have known for a little bit. And as some of you know, I am a church planter and he is a fellow church planter. And so today we're going to be talking about uh, community health and social health and what does it mean um, to build community. So his name is Lauren Richmond Jr. Lauren, welcome. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming on here, Lauren. Um, so, you know, to start us off, could you tell us a little bit about your story, about your background, about you? Sure, sure. Well, it's a, it's a long, complicated story. Um, I'll try to be somewhat concise. The gist is I'm a pastor's kid. My dad's a pastor. He was a an independent Baptist pastor in New York City when I was a kid growing up. And um, he was bivocational. And the church kind of always struggled along and it got to kind of a point where they just couldn't hack it anymore financially. So the church merged with another church and my dad's church owned a parsonage. And for reasons I still do not understand to this day, we moved out of the parsonage and New York city being New York city, even back, even back in the late Mm eighties, affordability was obviously you know, next impossible for someone in my family's context. We moved to Colorado um, where my mom's parents were. And that, you know, the more I kind of do my own kind of work, the more I realize like how that experience was really impactful, Mm -hmm. just kind of in who I am today. Um, So I went to, I went to Bible college out of, at a church, want to be a youth minister, want to be a youth pastor. And so I went and worked for a church in Maryland for a year. We kind of had a, you know, it, it went fine, but then the church had some financial issues and, and that kind of meant me getting the ax in a way. Um, so eventually I, f- I found my way. Um, I wanted to keep educating myself. So I went enrolled in a, in a state school to do a religious studies program and and, you know, you learn new stuff and it kind of opened my mind and thought, kind of went through a little deconstruction and got connected to a Disciples of Christ pastor. I'll give a shout out to Brentwood Christian Church, Phil Snyder, who's still there in Springfield, Missouri, and was fortunate a professor kind of referred me to him. And I remember we met at a, a coffee shop or Barnes & Noble, mm-hmm. something like that. And he handed me a book of a book by Marcus Borg. Um the heart of Christianity. And I say, and honestly say like that saved my faith, I think. Mm. And, you know, I, I'd say my faith is still kind of evolving and growing in many ways. Um, you know, but I was, you know, it was, it was a good, good for me as someone who wanted to hold on to hold on to my faith in Christianity. And, uh, I've been fortunate since then. Um, I got to go to seminary, I've um, worked for a couple of churches, one being a church start, which I think sounds like we'll talk about here a little, in a little bit. 
And uh, right now I'm even working on an MBA in nonprofit management because I, I want to keep learning how to help lead and grow churches. Mm-hmm. So um, I love doing this. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about like the motivation of like growing churches and planting churches? Like, what does that mean for you? I mean, to me, it's just like, I believe in the message. Mm. Like I believe in what we're, I believe in what we're selling. You know, I think in my experience, Jose, I, I don't know what your experience is as you interact with different folks. Some of us on the left side of the theological spectrum I think sometimes it can be hard for us to, since we're kind of working through things ourselves, be hard of us to kind of believe in what we're selling to use kind of a, a business phrase. Um, and I, you know, I say it this way and this may or may not land well, I don't know. Uh, but I'm like, I'd say like, I'm a universalist, but I believe Jesus is the way. Mm, okay. You know, so I'm, I'm a Jesus guy and I, I don't have any qualms saying that. Um, and, you know, I, I believe that in Jesus, God is redeeming the world. And that's a message that I think needs to be shared more. And people, people need it. People are broken. They need, um, I mean, we could use the word redemption. I don't, you know, mm-hmm. this is, this is what's so interesting. I think is the last couple of years has just been for me, a, a such a growing opportunity to, to learn and grow and see where my faith goes right and and you've done that through in community right Mm -hmm. and uh you planted a church called uh uh uh, mission gathering thornton right Mm -hmm. and you guys have gone through like this life process as a church you you care to share some of that yeah so i mean it kind of started what would have been end of 17 early 2018 just with me kind of hustling and dreaming uh, and it really got on full bear kind of spring of 18 and then we had our first you know official gathering in the fall of 2018 and you know it was it was a small you know church plant trying to like many church plants trying to gain legitimacy and people and build structure and build systems and um, but you know, all in all, I was, I was, you always want more people as a, as a church planner. Cause you know, that while people aren't everything, you know, it's a, it's a numbers game to, to some extent that has to be realistic. So while I always wanted more people, I was pretty, you know, all in all pleased and happy with the, the, the amount of people I was really stoked about some of the diversity of different kinds of people we had in there. Um, you know, it, it was great to see, you know, different, different ethnicities and races being a part of it. Um, and then COVID hit and that was really just a huge game changer, which, uh, you know, it, I, I think I said that we said this before when we were talking that in the spring and in, in the spring of 2020, I really tried to have, had tried to have the attitude that, you know, this was a, this was going to level the playing field and give us all kind of an equal shot. And I think, I think we kind of saw that maybe for the first few weeks. And then, you know, the bigger churches with more resources just kind of came in and, and did their thing. And, and it is what it is. I don't, I'm not, not too bitter about it, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it just made it really hard to, to build community. Right. Um, 
you know, I, I think of even during this last summer, uh, summer of 2020, like we'd connect with new people. And I'd, I remember meeting a couple times with some people, but it just became like, you know, watching online wasn't super engaging. And then they didn't really ever feel close enough to want to do like a Zoom and just became really kind of hard to even maintain community to some extent. Uh, although, you know, although I was surprised just kind of at the end how well that had been maintained, I guess. Um, but it's hard to, it's hard to make new connections for sure. Um, and then uh, just this past spring, we're recording this end of May, uh, the decision was made to, to, to close it down. And that was a really hard process for me um, that I'm still working with it, still working through in many ways. Um, and I know it was hard on hard on the church and the people because almost universally, and these were folks who were unchurched or dechurched, and I really struggled to find a place that that resonated with kind of who they were and what they're about. Um, and I think I think what's made it so hard, Jose, is that traditionally speaking, when a church closes, especially in the Disciples of Christ context, it's a church that's been around for a while. You know, it's usually like an interim or transitional pastor who's kind of in there to shut the doors and close or shut off the lights and close the doors. And for me, this is really my baby. Mm -hmm. And honest to God, honest to God, it's one of the hardest, if not the hardest things that I've ever dealt with. Um, just the entire thing emotionally. Um, and it's made it hard because I just haven't had a lot of margin to care for people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing that I've wrestled with the most is feeling like I need to do more to care for the people who I've had. It also being just completely, completely empty. Mm. Just, um, you know, I remember uh, uh, someone who I care about deeply and really respect uh, in my leadership team made a comment like that I need a kick in the pants. Mm. And, you know, I told her that I appreciated what she was trying to do. But I just had, I just had to like say like, I can't, I can't, it's not gonna be healthy for me just to bury this grief right now. Right. Like I just have to just, I just have to take it for what it is. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it's, it's been hard. It's will continue to be hard. And uh, I don't know, maybe I'll let you know when I'm, <laughs> when I'm through it. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you were, there's a couple of things that you're bringing up that, that I kind of want to talk into. Uh, one of them is, is this sort of like disenfranchised grief that this, this leader that said, Hey, you just uh -huh. need to suck it up and you know, yeah. move forward, you know, and that's not really fair to you. Uh, yeah. it's not fair to the people who were trying to d build this community with you, uh, cause they're grieving in their own right. And then, you know, you also talked a little bit, it sounded like, uh, that, you know, there's like not a lot in your tank right now. And so like almost yeah. like this burnout or compassion fatigue, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so let's, let's, let's go on with this grief. Uh, what are some of the things that you're seeing? Cause you, you're, you're, you're grieving communally. And yeah. I think a lot of people, 
you know, when they think of grief, they think it, it's very individual, but mm-hmm. what, when it's affecting like a, a an organization, a, a club, you know, what have you, a church, uh, it's a communal thing coming to, you know, grieving together. And you had like this last service mm-hmm. and I, I'm wondering what were some of the things, uh, that you were, that you all did to kind of help you recognize this loss and, mm-hmm. uh, to help you say, okay, it's not the end. It's just a new step, a different step. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot there to respond to, I guess. Mm-hmm. And this is like, this is gonna be like a counseling session for me, Jose here. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'll say like, I'm a big believer in ritual. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that's what's made it harder is because there's, it's hard to have ritual together. And I don't care what people say. Zoom is not the same. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you spoke about kind of this compassion fatigue or burnout. I, you know, I, I, winter, this last winter will, I think, stay with me for a long time. Um, I don't know. I think it was like November or something. I remember one night, like, um, my wife, who's an ER nurse, like, she went to work crying. And I just had a big meeting with some people, I'll say that, wanting some more for me. And I was trying to go to sleep at night. And I just thought, this is ridiculous. Like, my priority has to be in my family. And I remember like a week later, like, my daughter's school got sent home, you know, for because of COVID spiking. Mm-hmm. And you know, my wife's an ER nurse. So her taking time off to homeschool is obviously not an option. So that meant me. So it was just like three months of dealing with trying to homeschool my daughter, who's young and not super motivated to sit at a computer for any length of time, you know, dealing with the, you know, what's the word used? Um, I don't know, the bystander, and I guess in a way, you know, seeing my wife. Um, And then at the end of that, you know, we were finally coming out of that. And then I won't share too much just because of confidentiality sake, but we had a big, big controversy at at the church with the the situation that developed. And it just, you know, it it was like four months of just kind of like brutal Mm. and And I kept thinking like, you know, I'm just going to pivot and re relaunch and pivot. And I don't know. I don't, it's hard because I, you know, as much as I wish things were different, it's like it is, it is what it was or it was what it was, you know, with, and I, I think my priorities were in the right place. Um, But also, probably affected to some extent that my job performance, so to speak, but there's, there's not a lot I could do about that, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's hard. 
Um, and yeah, I think, and that I think what's, that's what's made this so hard is because I'm sure you've seen it. Like I, I heard the saying something like, you know, we're all kind of maxed out yet. Pe- and people need more from us than we're willing, than we have to give. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that's especially been true for myself and why I've wanted to, to be there and provide more for the folks in my church, but just haven't had it for different reasons. Um, so I don't know. I think I'll have to work through that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, completely understandable. Cause it's, it's all fresh. Yeah. I mean, it's like, right. <laughs> it's still here and, and, and this pandemic is not helping anybody at all. Right. You know, um, maybe a few uh, corporate entities. Yeah, Amazon and Zoom. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, we're still all processing. One of the things that I find interesting when it comes to you, Lauren, is that, you know, um, you know, MG Thornton's closing and you, you've um, are, are processing this grief and you're, and you're talking about pivoting, but uh, you, you, you offer uh, a podcast out there. Uh, as, mm-hmm. and it seems like this is a creative outlet for you, uh, even though yeah. it's a ministry also, uh, you know, where you're talking with, uh, uh, Christians and, uh, uh, influencers, uh, talking about the future of Christianity and what we, how we need to transform as a faith. Um, uh, so how does, how's that helped you, uh, in this time, uh, of the pandemic in, in your grief? Well, what a gift, what a gift that has been. And that's something that I just kind of like thought in April or May of last year, like, boy, we're all sitting at home. How can I try to like network, you know, expand the brand, so to speak, Mm -hmm. you know, talk to more people. And it just became something for me to make connections with people and talk. I love talking shop. Uh, I tell the story no offense to our friends in um, Bethany fellows, but I was at this retreat. It wasn't a Bethany fellows retreat. I was at this retreat and they did a 24 hour time of silence. Like Bethany fellows does. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, I was so angry and annoyed. I thought here I am with all these young idealized pastors like me and we can't talk shop. Like that's all I want to do is talk shop. And that's, you know, I was kind of a person um, even before this, who would like read a book and email an author and ask him more questions. And now, like I was telling you earlier, now like authors and publishers will send me the book for free if I want it. So yeah, it's awesome. just a lot of fun. Uh, just a lot of fun to be able to connect with people and uh, hear their stories and learn from them. Yeah. So, uh, so has uh, any of the uh, folks that you're talking to, have they brought up any kind of topics about uh, the grief and transition that the church needs to go to and what kind of resiliency rituals that we need to have as community? Well, I, yes and no. Um, at least I can't think of something. One, one that comes to mind just because it's been, I've heard so many stories from others. There's an author, Bethany Dearborn Heiser, who talked about burnout Mm-hmm. for caregivers mm-hmm. and she really emphasized the importance of taking care of yourself as a caregiver 
and how the temptation can be to just overwork. And I'm, I'm an overworker. If ever there was like, again, no offense to you if you've ever done this, <laughs> but I, I was the kind of person who would like see someone post on Facebook, like, Hey, went for a prayer hike today. And I thought how stupid I have real things to do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I have real things. To do. Yeah. And you know, I think Brian McLaren, more broadly speaking, uh, his book, I had him on talking about faith after doubt. I think, I think broadly speaking, his book touches on a lot of themes of like going through transition communally mm -hmm. and as a person. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's so needed. And, and to just be okay of like if a person's out here and they're feeling this kind of burnout and all they have been is like, you know, this, this, uh, social distancing and, you know, shelter in place, uh, put mm -hmm. families together 24 seven. Yeah. You know? Uh, and, and there is such a thing called familial burnout. Sometimes yeah. you need that break, uh, to go out on those hikes, uh, just for you, <laughs> you know, and to wow. take care of yourself. And I think people need to hear that. Uh, it's not just work burnout, familial burnout. I mean, there's and compassion fatigue. I mean, those are real yeah. things. Those are real things. Um, and I'm glad that, you know, we have platforms that we can really discuss it uh, yeah. and just give vocabulary for people who are maybe they're not knowing what to call it. But like if we are able to mention it and just be like, oh, that's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. Uh, so if people are wanting to connect with you, like um, what is the name of your podcast and how they can connect with that? Yeah, uh, Future Christian Podcast. So we're on all the platforms. You can find it at future-christian.com. Love to connect with you there. Uh, I'm working on working on like a me page, yeah. laurenrichmanjr.com, I think it is, but still working on that. Um, but if you if you if you go to Future Christian, uh, again future-christian.com, I have like a contact me page. So you can do that. And I tell people like, I love talking to leaders, faith leaders who are passionate about church. Like call me up. I love, I love talking, talking about it yeah. and would love to learn from people. Like that's, I just had someone on the other day, these, these folks. And I just was like, you know, I told them like nine times out of 10, the people I have on my podcast are people that I've benefit from their work already or i want to learn from them uh -huh. so i just love uh, being able to hear from and and get different perspectives and wisdom from folks so, so with that like when you're talking all this shop has there been something like outright uh, in front of your face that says this is what the church needs to do to change and, and using <laughs> this post-pandemic or this uh i don't know how do you say during pandemic kind of lesson Man, that's a hard one, Jose. I mean, this is a this is a bold statement, Jose, but I'm going to say it, I guess. I think we need to let our leaders lead. Mm -hmm. Um I saw I saw this on Twitter uh from I think it was another disciples pastor and I think the metaphor really spoke to what I've seen and feel is he said that in so many churches the pastors are like a 
institutional chaplain. Mm -hmm. And obviously, no offense to chaplaincy. That's what you do. That's what I'm going to be doing here somewhat. Like, I understand and believe in the role of chaplaincy. Um, but I also believe in, I, I believe in the role of spiritual leadership. And I believe that, I, I wouldn't say this is universally the case, but I believe that many leaders, many pastors have been given the gift of spiritual leadership. Yet because of structure, context, um, culture, are just reduced to just another voice. And I, I think that's a shame because I think it devalues and de-emphasizes the spiritual gifts they've been given from God. And that's, I think, I think that's what I'd say broadly speaking. Mm. Awesome. Well, Lauren, I know this is a short, you know, it's a short podcast. We try to keep things short. So, yeah. uh, so again, if people want to reach out to you, future, future Christian, uh, can you repeat that? <laughs> <laughs> Future-Christian.com. Uh, Future-Christian.com. Somebody owns that and wants oh. like five bucks for it. Oh, wow. So if you want to throw me a donation, I'll buy Future-Christian.com. <laughs> but for right now, it's Future-Christian.com. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, so uh, they can reach you there. And I, I want to say thank you for um, sharing, you know, such a vulnerable moment, uh, what you're going through and what your community is going through. And uh uh, I, uh, you know, it, it's hard to see what's, what's ahead, you know, when you're in yeah. those moments. Uh, I also want to thank your wife, what she does being a frontline uh, yeah, healthcare provider, you know, that's, uh, you can't thank them enough. You know, I, every time I walk in the doors of the hospital, I'm like amazed, uh, at, at, yeah. at, at those folks. So, but all right, Lauren, well, thank you so much. Uh, yeah it's been a gift to me thank you yeah, thank you so and with that uh, i want to thank you the listeners for listening to this podcast and without you we couldn't be here and on that note we'll call that a wrap for this episode of story wagon i want to thank you the listener for supporting us and listening to this episode and if you want please follow us on any social media platform and type in story wagon you can also visit us at a website storywagon.org and so, with that, this is Chaplain Jose Martinez wishing you good spiritual health.